Too black, too strong. Too black, too strong. I won't deny it. I'm a straight rider. You don't wanna fuck any character approach me, I let the streets get the best of me, infamy, my destiny. Oh, Chain one, hit me. Bitch, don't kill my vibe. Bitch, don't kill my vibe. Play it the Casino on the half spotted them more than once. Ass so fat that you can see it from the front. You fuck off my money, don't cop no What's good, everybody? This is your boy, Daniel Ty, D-Ty90, also known as a student of hip-hop, here today with the Falsetto Audio Show. And I'm always happy y'all motherfuckers is tuned in. Now, let's go. Now, before, we got a lot of sad shit that we got to get into today. So, we're going to start off with, with a little bright spot, a little, little bright outlining of hip-hop that I like to see and was brought to my attention. It was brought to my attention that net that hip hop is making Netflix win like a motherfucker right now. Two major projects that have come out on Netflix over the past month. One is Roxanne Roxanne, the rock the Roxanne Shante biopic, and also the Rapture. Unfortunately, I haven't got a chance to check out the Rapture yet. But I'm super excited to see it. It's got a lot of my favorite artists on it. Nas, Rhapsody. I forget the other list of motherfuckers, but there's some dope-ass rappers. 2 Chains, T.I., Logic. There's some real bona fide. These are, they put bona fide hip-hop artists on there. That's going to give a little deep dive into each one of them. And Dave East particular, I think this is going to be it for Dave East. They got everybody's eyes on here watching because it's Nas. It's from Nas' company. I believe it's from Mass Appeal. But Dave East, I think Dave East already is making a lot of noise in, in hip-hop community. But I think his next album that comes out after this, this, uh, this movie is going to skyrocket him. So I'm really excited to see what happens from Dave East. Some other shit on Netflix. Earlier this year, I think it was earlier this year or towards the end of last year, Netflix said they weren't going to be putting out any more episodes of The Get Down, which The Get Down, I forget all the people that had in it, but it had Jaden Smith. And it was, uh, it, it sort of marked the time around Grandmaster Flash and, and Curtis Blow and, and that era of hip hop. And it was super dope. I really loved the show. Was Really sad to see when they said they weren't going to be doing it anymore and that they canceled it. I don't know why they canceled it. Uh, they said they have financial issues and that they were delayed and all this other bullshit. But whatever. Y'all kept bringing the hip hop, so I'm good. I've also noticed since I got hip hop, or since I got Netflix, there's a couple of hip hop 
shows or documentaries that have been on there since I got it years ago and are still on probably three or four years ago. The hip hop evolution, I believe it was the one with uh, with Ice T. They had Fresh Dressed on there. That's about hip hop fashion. A couple other ones that I can't remember off top. They they got all kinds of fucking Tupac shit and um, and even if you want to go off of Netflix, Defiant Ones was major for HBO. And I kind of want to be careful the way I word it. I would say curiosity and fascination with hip hop. Uh, in that Dr. Dre era, because that's when it had the it had never had a bigger camera on hip hop up to that point than the Death Row era. You know, stuff that happened four or five years earlier in hip hop wasn't documented as heavily as it was, and money wasn't be made as much as it was in the Death Row, Dr. Dre era of hip hop. So you we get we always get a lot of different stories about what happened from different points of view, multiple Tupac movies, multiple Biggie movies, straight out of Compton. So there's always kind of touches on it or some weird points of view. You don't really get the shit on it. And even the Defiant ones, a lot of it was about Jimmy Iovine. And Jimmy Iovine's got a dope ass story from him locking himself into the bathroom to having football parties where he plays football with a bunch of celebrities at his house. So I, that was extremely fascinating. But I think the most fascinating part of Dr. Dre that we don't get to see, and reasonably so, is how he actually produces and the fact that he'll lock himself in the studio all day to do 30 seconds of a, to do one SAR. He'll spend days doing one song. He'll throw away an entire he's thrown away entire albums of music. Now, if you don't understand what I'm saying, he's thrown away entire albums of music. If a Dr. Dre album comes out tomorrow, that shit is gonna go platinum over the first weekend. So you can imagine how much money he's leaving on the table by not releasing those albums. That's literally at least five to ten mil each album, minimum. That's just probably money he'd make off it off the first year or two, not including what gets put in movies, what gets licensed, and all that other shit. But either way, I was really glad they did the Defiant ones. And I also want to give some love to Atlanta. Not on Netflix, not on HBO. It's on FX. But anything Donald Glover touches is gold. I'm telling you, I've said this. If you know me personally, I've said this over the past couple of years. Anything he touches is gold, whether it's music, whether it's movies, whether it's TV shows, which is why I don't understand why they did why they stopped doing the Deadpool with Donald Glover. They said it was creative differences. But I don't know how you argue with a creative genius such as Donald Glover. So that's my little bit of positivity for you guys today as far as hip hop goes. Now we gotta get we're gonna get to some of the stories. The first story that everybody's heard of is the story with Fabulous. Now the story with Fabulous, he's been charged and arrested for Aggravated assault and threats. 
threatening, like threatening, like I'm going to kill you type shit. And I, I, to be honest, when I saw the reports, I didn't really read into them at first because there's a lot of stuff that they, that they report on people from, from hip hop or the hip hop culture or the hip hop, hip hop community. That's really blown out of proportion. And I get sick of reading all these news headlines and they love to put these big numbers. They love to put fabulous 10 years, fabulous, possible five years, fabulous, possible $15,000 fine. It's said, okay, yeah, that's, that's possible. That's possible for anybody that gets arrested. You never know what they're going to hit you with if they decide to hit you with the book. But they love putting these out here about, about all of our people. So with that said, the story, the more I read it, it did be, start to become a little bit more worrisome. We, we've heard reports at the same time of also artists where false reports come out, such as the one from Nelly, where the, the bitch said that she raped him or that he raped her in the tour bus, but the nigga, but at the time that she said it happened, he was on stage or he was coming off stage and he wasn't even in the tour bus. So just some whack ass shit. And I don't know exactly the best way for this to be done where women or men or whoever, I don't want to say women or men, but people that make false accusations of someone raping them or hitting them, that there is consequences for it. Again, I don't know what I think they should be. I do think there should be something. But either way, I don't know that I don't know if that's necessarily going to be applicable in this case. Fabulous did post on his social media. I don't know. It's either just Twitter or his Instagram. I kind of want to say it's his Instagram. He said on his Instagram that that the truth will come to the light and God will let you see the truth or some bullshit like that. Niggas always want to bring God in the shit. But whatever. The reports are saying that he hit her seven times and knocked her two front teeth out. The reports also say that he said that he was going to kill her either via text message, I think it was, which is why she sent the his girlfriend, Emily, sent her, sent her pops and sent her brother to the crib to his house to go take the guns out of his house. Now, it's kind of it, it's kind of weird that this comes out around the same time that we got all this we got people still we got people still hype on on gun control and shit and I I won't get into my thoughts on that right now, I'll get on that later. But I think it's kind of interesting this comes in sort of on the Taylor end. We just finished all the March shit. We just finished all that Killer Mike shit earlier this week where Killer Mike was talk where Killer Mike went on the NRA channel and he did that crazy shit and all this shit is starting to die down. So at the same time, there's not really anybody to back up Fabulous 
part of this issue is, part of this issue I could already see off top is yeah if I come home to my if I come to my home in my house and I see some nigga walking out of my house with my guns yeah we got a motherfucking problem I now you took away my mechanism to defend myself so what are you going to do to me not saying that there was action or uh, action taken on either side as far as, you know, whether it was the pops going at Fabulous or whether it was Fabulous going at the pops. Because you didn't see the video where the security is holding them two back. So we didn't see the, the beginning part of it. But yeah, I would feel some type of way if I come to my home and that shit is happening. So it's good the security was there to make sure to pull the two of them apart and make sure shit didn't get crazy. But I want to use this until we figure out what happened, till more reports come out and more details come out. I don't know when the alleged assault happened. I don't know if it was in the car around that time. Or I don't know if it was at a different location. I don't know if it was because the bitch was stepping out. I don't know who she may have been stepping out with. I don't know if she was stepping out or what. I don't know if it was business over money or what. We don't know what either if any of those could be. But they've been together a long time. So something tells me it is really it is related to either her stepping out and or about money. Again, please forgive me if you don't really like speculation. This is 100% speculation on from my part. Nigga, I'm not even from New York. I ain't never even been to New York. I never even seen the Fabulous show. Just a big fan, though. He's a very slept-on rapper. And he doesn't really seem to have any tension with anybody else in hip-hop. Which is why you haven't really seen anybody be quick to say anything bad about Fabulous. With that being said, it's probably it's best that I want to use this moment for us to have a takeaway and a teaching moment. The teaching moment is here. Regardless of who you're with, regardless if you're with family, when I say family, Whoever you live with, whoever you're close with, whether that be your mom, your dad, your grandparents, your uncles, your aunties, whoever. It don't matter if you're with your your woman or your man. If you're in a position, if you're in a situation where you're vulnerable, if you're in a situation where Aesthetically, things don't look good for you. If you're in a situation where violence can happen, whether it's to you and you have to react or whether it's you initiating the violence. We have to be cognizant of this and remove ourselves from the situation. We have to be able to stop ourselves as we feel our attention rising at ourselves. Because we know, we know when 
our voice starts to get a little bit louder. We know when our tone starts to get a little bit more aggression in it. We know when we start to, when we clench our hands, we clench our, our fist, we make a little fist. We know when somebody's getting our nerves and when they're pushing our buttons. If you're with your girl and you're with your man and they're pushing your buttons, just bam, bam, bam. Just every single time, just move yourself. Just leave. Just leave. Just walk out. Don't say nothing. Nobody. Don't give no reasons. Don't give no explanations. They can just walk out. Go to Starbucks. Go to Circle K. Go to fucking Chick-fil-A. I don't give a fuck. You got to get out of there. You got to remove yourself from the situation. Because at that point, we lose control. We lose control. We lose control of our situation. We lose control of our surroundings. When we lose control of our surroundings... This is this is the type of thing that happens. Now, obviously, we're not able to control a hundred percent of stuff that goes on in our lives. That's obvious. But there's certain things that you kind of you know where things are supposed to be. You have an expectation. You know, in my daily life, I wake up in the morning, I get dressed, do my da 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 whoop de whoop. And I go to Dunkin' Donuts. No confrontation there. Just get my coffee, be out. I go to work. I go to work. I pull up. I'm bumping my music. And say if I'm playing my music real loud and somebody comes up to me and they start saying like, hey, what what the fuck you doing? They start talking crazy to me. That's the type of situation where I say, you know what? I'm not in control of my surroundings. If you're at work and motherfuckers are talking to you crazy. And when I say talk to you crazy, I mean, in an instance of a motherfucker on the street talks to you in this way, you would just. You know what I'm saying? You would put four fingers in his eye. If you ever feel that type of energy, whether at work or family gatherings or whatever, that's what you need to remove yourself because you're not in control anymore. If I'm at work and that shit happens, I'm not control anything. Nigga, they got cameras, they got witnesses, they got everything. So I don't get to tell my story. I don't get to see it from my side. If someone starts talking crazy to me at work and we get an altercation and he hits me first and I hit him back. Well, now not only is it. If I'm not in control, I lost all control because the company's not going to defend you. The police is not going to defend you. That other person's not going to defend you. You may be lucky to have a homeboy behind you, but that's hope or a homegirl. That's also assuming your homegirl defends you. And I'll give you an example. Around like Three or four months, I say like three or four months, uh, me and my girl were dating and her her friend, she's got a friend that they've been they've been friends since they were like five. So they've been tight. They've been they've been close for a long time. So 
And she said that her friend that she's had forever is having a house party at her house. So normally I don't do parties. I don't do clubs. But since they said it was since she's she's kind of low key. And this is a close friend. I thought, okay, I'll be good. It won't be real turn up shit. It'll be kind of laid back was my thought. So not only is this shit just way far out in fucking like Peoria. Mind you, I live in Mesa. So not only is this shit in Peoria. So I'm in unfamiliar territory. When we were going there, we met up at another friend's house. They said, hey, do you want to drive us and we can drive all together? Or do you want to drive separately? I said, no, nah, I'll drive my own car. So in case I, I don't want to stay all night. Best decision I could have made. So that's that's the word of the wise to y'all. Decision I could have made. Because I was only there maybe. Maybe 30 minutes at the most. 40. Absolute most. 30, so I was there 30, 40 minutes. Then all of a sudden. Whoop, whoop, 5 shows up. And I won't lie. 5 they came in. And. They said, oh, there's a noise complaint. Y'all got to turn the music down. If we come back, we going to start we going to start wrapping up. We start ringing in motherfuckers. Mind you, they got weed and shit at the house. Like it, it's there's underage people drinking at this house. I didn't know this till after. till after I left. But that was there. So since the police, and nobody looked shook when the police came. Everybody came in like it was normal. So second tip. I won't say it. I won't say it on there. I won't say it on there. But if you know me, you talk to me, I'll tell you what the second tip is. It was a party with... Yeah, I won't say it. Anyways. Nobody looked shook in there about it. And you know what? I'll tell you what the second tip is. It's a party with suburban people. So people that aren't really used to any negative interactions, having any negative interactions with the police. So they they don't really, they don't assume the worst. They just think worst case scenario, the police come back a second time and they ask everybody to leave. That's their thought. I think... Nah, fuck that. They're not going to come back and just ask everybody to leave. They're going to come back and they're going to start putting y'all motherfuckers in cop cars and shit. So once the police left and they said, keep the noise down, these motherfuckers turned the music right back up again. Didn't even wait for the police to drive off. Nigga, the police is still in the front yard and they turned that shit way back up. I said, oh, hell no. Nah. I got the fuck up out of there. I told my girl, hey, I'm leaving. You can stay if you want, but I'm out. And then I left by myself. Fuck that shit. And that's an example of where I had to remove myself from a situation where I wasn't in control. I didn't know most of those people. I wasn't in a familiar surroundings. All I, The only familiar surroundings I had was my car. So I got in my car and I left and I went to where I knew, where I was safe and where I felt comfortable at. So I don't know the situation with Fabulous and M and his girlfriend Emily. But I will say to anybody, and hopefully, and I wish 
And I wish in the event that there was, even if there wasn't anything negative, it seems like Fabulous was in a position where he wasn't in control anymore. And I don't know what what series of events led up to that, but that's ultimately what happened. So with that said, if that was, if I were to give any advice, it would be just to remove yourself from that situation. Especially, this isn't just a girlfriend. This is the mother of his kids. This is a mother of kids. This is uh, a person you can't afford to have bad tension with. Because you won't get no breaks. And because you're rich, nobody can give you no... You're... A young, a young black rapper, nobody can give you no breaks. So you just got to do everything that's in your favor and not put yourself in any bad positions. So that's all I really have to say on that subject. The uh, next topic is going to be Safari. Now, I've got mixed... I don't say never first. I don't got no mixed feeling on this. If if what he's saying is true that this nigga got robbed at gunpoint, which I don't I don't necessarily think he's lying, but I think he does got an album coming out, so I'll just say that. So I don't know if this is some Kim Kardashian shit. You know what I'm saying? If it's some Kim Kardashian shit, a Kim Kardashian robbery. But either way. I'll just say as if he if everything he said was true if it was true that he was just out one night or just out at night for the the night before the radio show and then he got robbed for his jewelry and they put that nigga's face on the ground and robbed his jewels took everything because you know he stays with the fur coat and the silky waves fur coat and the silky waves Yeah, motherfucker, I'd be crying like a I'd be crying like a bitch if that shit happened to me. I wouldn't know what the fuck to do. I would be hating over all of my shit. When motherfucker came at me with a gun to the back of the head. That's also saying that's also assuming that I don't have no heat on me. Now if I got the heat on me, motherfucker, we don't have a problem real quick. Alright, you you robbed the wrong motherfucker today, and that's probably what's gonna happen to you. Y'all motherfuckers try to rob me. Y'all messing with the wrong motherfucker. Nigga, I shoot back. I ain't afraid. I ain't afraid to die. But either way. Motherfucking stick up kids, sticking niggas up for their jewelry. Swag shit. I, to be honest. I want to know if stealing jewelry is that good of a come up. I wouldn't necessarily have thought because I don't know how the I don't know. I was, Forgive me. I, I live in the suburbs, so I don't know how the fuck to unload stolen jewelry. Especially the, these guys that have custom pieces where it's real obvious. You know, T-Pain had the cup. So if. If I'm even like a pawn shop or I'm a jeweler and you bring me a cup that I seen T-Pain had 
or I know the jeweler that did T-Pain's cup because we're all jewelers, rappers, and we're friends. Hint, hint. I wonder where the fuck you would load that shit. But, you know, I guess it, it ain't that bad if... But they did catch them niggas, too. I will say that. They uh, they took off in a car, and they took off on foot, and they found both of them. So the motherfucking stick-up kids got robbed. No, it was not street justice, which is my preferred method, but justice nonetheless. So the next portion of this is he cried on the interview and motherfuckers is caught about for crying. I will say I don't If I went on an interview and I knew the video and audio and video of that interview was going to be put up, I would have asked for it to be cut out. Personally. I don't want to be crying on, on videotape. You know, a, a, man, a man crying isn't a good aesthetic. But... But I'm going to ultimately attribute all this to... Safari having more music coming out because Safari uh, about a month ago quote unquote leaked a nude of himself which I didn't see but I just see all the memes about it and shit so a month after that comes out and your single comes out and your single ends up being the first single on your charts you just so happen to get robbed. And the fact that what's crazy is the fact that he got robbed isn't the headline. The fact that he was crying in the interview about getting robbed was the headline. I've heard more about Safari antics than Safari's music. I've listened to maybe one of his songs. And I didn't even know it was his song was the thing. I got told afterwards, like a week later, that that was his song. Which I find fascinating because I kind of do the same thing with sports. I find myself watching the shit about sports like. Like shit, like uh, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless on Undisputed, and I end up watching these shows more than I spend more time watching these shows than I watch of the actual game itself. So it makes it not crazy that Lloyd Banks did the shit that he did last week, where he said he was. Retiring just to fuck with everybody. Because I felt for this shit too. I was like, God damn, Lloyd Banks retired. He's got so much dope music. Look at this. He's got so many mixtapes. And I like his Halloween Havoc mixtapes. Those are my favorite. Because he's got that real dark, grungy shit feel to it. That That's classic. Lloyd, the music Lloyd Banks puts out is classic underground hip hop. 
some grungy beats, some grungy underground beats, and just just bar, just rapping, no singing, no no female singing on this shit, just just hip hop at its finest. Eight ounces retired. I'm like, oh fuck, and I'm like, I missed out. I'm like, I should have been paying attention to Lloyd Banks, and he said he's not retiring. And I was like, damn, I fell for the okie doke, nigga. I got tricked. So it is true. We cover this shit around the music more than we cover the actual music itself. So I do hope that Safari is okay. And I do hope that his album that he has coming out soon is coming out. Because let's be clear. He was doing the interview for a reason, which also now it's on my brain. How the fuck is it a coincidence that he gets robbed the day before his interview? Not the day before, the night before, the night of, less than 12 hours before the interview, he got robbed. This is the shit we're running with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just I just reevaluated my shit. I just reevaluated my shit. That shit is false, nigga. You's out there crying like a bitch for no reason. But you know what? Where's the line anymore? As far as promoting your music, where's the line anymore? I thought XXX Tentacion and Tukashi69 took the line too far. But then I remember the first person to take the line too far. And the first person to take the line too far was 50 Cent. 50 Cent put out an album, put out the song How to Rob, where he he took the top the, the top five fucking people on the billboard chart at the time. And in that album, in that song, he was robbing. It was Puff, he robbed Puff, he robbed Fat Joe, he robbed Big Pun, he robbed fucking Escape. You know, I forget the whole list of them. And he came out, Ja Rule, who Ja Rule was put, every song Ja Rule was put out at the time was going double and triple platinum. Ja Rule couldn't miss. And that's who straight 50 Cent went after. 50 Cent had no allies other than G-Unit themselves and Dr. Dre and Shady. But he didn't need nothing else because he had... Dr. Dre Shady for the connections, for the production, and he had his crew to back him up. And he stayed with security. And then he was able to salvage another dope album when he went and got Mob Deep and added Mob Deep to G-Unit. And having did uh, did his last big hit song where uh, I get money. So then I, then I had to reevaluate my shit. I was like, damn, damn, damn. I said after after that is the shit Takashi Six Nine did too crazy. The only thing that's crazy about Takashi Six Nine is one he has a sixty nine tattoo on his face, and two is he's kind of he's kind of limiting shows he can do because he keeps getting kicked out of venues and he keeps causing trouble in venues where they don't want him. To come back. 
because motherfuckers is at this venue waiting to rob him. The same way XXX Tentacion would be on stage and motherfuckers would jump him on stage. But then XXX Tentacion put up a picture on Instagram of him about to hang himself and then waited for a couple hours later and was like, oh, I'm just kidding, y'all. It's for a music video. So where's the line draw for promo? Safari getting robbed. Kim Kardashian getting robbed. I don't know if there's any line for promo. For promo. And I don't know if there's ever been a line for promo. I mean, our president's getting promo and the porn star's getting promo. And then Donald Trump comes at motherfuckers and then they get promo. Which, I'm going to just leave this note, this little tidbit. Because I always find this interesting. It's honestly doesn't even have anything to do with hip-hop. But it's just something I find interesting. That we get tracked and shit with our phone. Our phone knows everywhere we go. Anytime I pull up to a Dunkin' Donuts, my Samsung Pay sends me a notification saying, Hey, nigga, you can pay with Samsung Pay here. It's like, nigga, how do you know that? My GPS is on, and you know where I'm going. We're constantly tracked. Nigga, I've talked about shit on the phone before, and then I get advertisements for it. Or you'll text something, and then you get advertisements for it. Or you go on Amazon, you'll look on something, and then you get advertisements for it. On your Instagram feed, your Facebook, your Twitter, your regular Google search, all that shit. So we're constantly being monitored. Not so anybody can come and take shit from us. Not so anybody can kill us at the moment. But just so the people can sell shit to us. That is like the main reason, not the only reason, but that's like the main reason we are monitoring the track. So that they can sell shit to us. That shit is fucking kind of, it's kind of mind-boggling. It's kind of nuts. But it's capitalism and democracy at its finest, isn't it? Either way, though, we're not getting into the politics of the uh, the business today. That's for another show. Thank you for listening. This is Daniel Ty with the Falsetto Audio Show. I'll see y'all tomorrow.